Hey there, it's Danielle Alvari of VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Be sure to check out my new podcast, the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the LA teams, plus USC and my personal favorite and alma mater, UCLA. So if you're from Los Angeles or a fan of any of the LA sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So please subscribe, follow, and listen to the Los Angeles CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari back and ready to talk about all of the sports action going on in Los Angeles. And there was a lot of it this weekend from football to baseball. And of course, you know that I was watching the WNBA finals uh, that started on Sunday. I have to start off by saying though, one for the money. It's a segment I do at the end of the episode on Fridays on the show. Uh, It's starting to look like the play to fade. Okay. I don't want to toot my own horn here or anything, but uh, it has gone 0-2 so far. Uh, The Dodgers is the play I gave out. The one team in LA that I would bet my money on if I could only bet on one LA team to win or cover that weekend. The Dodgers did win over the weekend, but it was not Friday. It was Saturday, which is definitely the game I was talking about. I don't know why you would think otherwise. It was pretty obvious that I was talking about game two, not game one. Uh, Nevertheless, I did say it should probably be the Chargers in my defense, but I did not make it the Chargers. So you're welcome for not jinxing that one because they did win and cover against the Browns, as did the UCLA Bruins. They also covered, and of course, the Rams did on Thursday Night Football. USC, that's another story that we'll get into in the show. Let's do it. On today's episode, first things first, it's Monday. So we got to do the A-list, D-list to see who were the stars of the weekend and who should hide their face in shame and embarrassment. Coincidentally, we will get into the Chargers game and the USC game in this segment as well. Later on, we'll bring in our guest for today's pod, Stormy Bonatoni, VEASAN host. You may catch her on My Guys in the Desert on VEASAN. Also, ESPN sideline reporter. She was at UCLA's and Arizona's game over the weekend. We'll talk to her about that. And finally, we'll talk Dodgers and Giants in the NLDS. And I can't help myself. The WNBA Finals, of course, which started on Sunday. Epic Game 5 on Friday in the semifinals. Mercury and Aces. Still reeling. Still so good. Uh, But before we get into our A-list, D-list, let's start every show off with the latest Los Angeles lines presented by BetRivers, provided by BetRivers. Looking at the MLB first here, Dodgers and Giants, game three, Monday, 6.37 p.m. Pacific time. Dodgers are minus 210 on the money line, Giants plus 175 on BetRivers. You can do a run line bet that's only... A one, not a one and a half, so no hook on it. So Dodgers minus one at minus 143, and Giants plus one at plus 112. Now, of course, without that hook, that means that you could land on a push for this game, right? Which would just mean you get your money back. No no harm, no foul. Uh, But you can also, in their additional bets tab, find minus one and a half and more, more alternate lines as well. Total for this game, set at seven. Again, I believe this has been the total for the last two games as well. Uh, We saw it go over in game two, and I believe under in game one. Minus 117 to the over here, so a little bit more juice, right? A little bit more vig on that over. Minus 103 on the under. The series is tied up at one game each. Series winner, 
the prices for the series winner. So to win it all, Dodgers minus 180, Giants plus 145. Uh, before game one, the Dodgers were favored by minus 159, now minus 180. So slight uptick in that. Um, but you're still not getting a ton of great value with the Giants here either, sitting at uh, plus 145, only up 15 cents really. Taking a look at college lines, UCLA at Washington. And UCLA is a two-point dog. You know I'm going to have something to say about that. Uh, 54 and a half is the point total. I can't even do I can't do it right now. Uh, I can't even get into it. But this it seems like a no-brainer play on UCLA. And this is coming from someone who, yes, has been watching every single one of their games. And I just don't get this line. I don't. And it's not that I'm a huge UCLA homer or that I am so confident in their performance. It's more so, what are we seeing from Washington that makes them a two-point favorite here besides the fact that they are the home team? Is it as simple as that? I don't know. We'll get into that more later in the week. Luckily, USC fans, after the weekend you had, you get a much-needed bye week. Let's not even look ahead to the game after that. Uh, as for the NFL, the Chargers at the Ravens next week. Chargers are three-and-a-half-point dogs. Again, seems like a no-brainer. Seems like a no-brainer. We'll get into that in just a little bit here. Uh, and then Rams at Giants. My goodness. The Giants suffered incredible amounts of injuries, losses in their game on Sunday versus the Cowboys. So terrible to watch, truly. Uh, Daniel Jones went down, Saquon Barkley. Um, it's tough. It's tough. So uh, Rams at Giants. I haven't seen this line up at Bat Rivers yet. Ten and a half, minus ten and a half is is what I'm seeing in the market for the Rams. So TBD on that. You can find all those odds though at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's get into the A list, D list. So A list this week, I just put Chargers, all of them. This team, 47 to 42 win over the Browns. Are you kidding me? If you didn't miss this game, go back and watch it. It was phenomenal. How can you not root for this Chargers team at this point? And I'm not just saying that because they're winning games. I'm saying it because of the way they're winning games. This offense is so much fun to watch. Specific shout out, by the way, to quarterback Justin Herbert. He ended the game without a turnover for the third week in a row. And he finished with 398 passing yards, four touchdowns, 29 yards rushing, and one touchdown on the ground. Legit. You thought we saw something cool from him last season. He is just getting started, as we can see here. Uh... Also on the A-list this week, someone from USC for the second week in a row, actually. I believe he was on my A-list last week as well. Drake London. Another week, another hurdle, another highlight-inducing touchdown. His stats are crazy. We'll have more on him a little bit later on. Uh, now, for the unfortunate D-list, I hate to do it, except I don't hate it at all. Uh, in case you missed it, let me set the scene here. USC is on the D-list. The Trojans have lost uh, their first two home games, right? Then they had another home game this last weekend versus Utah. In their first two home games, the, one of those losses came to Oregon State. Oregon State had not won in L.A. against SC since 1960, right? So 61 years. That's pretty bad. But it's not even the worst of it. Utah had never won at the Coliseum because it hadn't been built yet. This is the first time they beat L.A. in L.A. And I by L.A., I mean, of course, USC here. This is the first time they beat SC in L.A. since 1916. Over 100 years. That all changed. Saturday night, USC loses 42-26. This program 
is hitting an all-time low. It's time for rehab. My goodness. D-list. D-list is generous, I think. And I didn't even want to put anybody else on here because of how terrible that was. You can't say I'm biased. I put their wide receiver on the A-list. Let's move on. Uh, Browns at Chargers. Man, I really thought I had this one pegged. It was looking so good. Uh, tale of two halves, right? Chargers win and cover this one 47 to 42. Whew, it's a shootout. Four lead changes all before the half. Browns dominated the ball control, time of possession, rushing yards all in the first half, but the second half was a pretty different story. I said I liked, I just want to point this out because I think it's hilarious. I liked under 47 here. Just like trying to be too sharp for my own good. Just trying to, to bet an under for the sake of an under. I don't know why I said that now. I'm looking at it like, what? But I guess I was putting a lot of stock in these defenses. This game went over in the third quarter. 41 points scored in the fourth alone, four lead changes. This was an offensive showdown that we were expecting to see from the Raiders game last week in Monday Night Football. That total was much higher. It went pretty, pretty far under, I believe. And this, this is what we get instead. Browns and Chargers, a total shootout, a track meet. Huge game from Justin Herbert. As I mentioned, he's on my A-list this week. 398 passing yards, four touchdowns, 29 yards rushing, and a touchdown on the ground. With no interceptions for three weeks in a row. Do you have any idea how difficult that is? Me neither, but it sounds really hard. It sounds unbelievable to have stats like that. And, and the rest of his offense, no slouches either. Austin Eckler, 66 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 53 yards through the air with another touchdown there. Mike Williams looking good, 165 yards, two long touchdowns for him, and a game-high 16 targets. How about that defense? I know, 47 to 42, but yes, there was actually defenses at this game. Uh, one of them was my fantasy team defense, the Browns. Give me a break. I <laughs> knew the fantasy. I didn't pick up another defense. I didn't put them in. And now uh, I have to live with the consequences of that. The other defense was the Chargers defense. Derwin James recorded a career-high 17 tackles and a sack of Baker Mayfield. And Drew Tranquil also recorded double-digit tackles with 11 now, all of this, if you heard this, right, and you didn't watch the game, which, ooh, bummer if you missed the game, would make you think that the Browns had a horrible performance. But it was not a shabby performance by the Browns at all. Quite the opposite. The Browns scored 42 points, as I mentioned, and had 532 yards with zero turnovers. Again, against each of these defenses, incredibly impressive. That much more impressive. But unfortunately, only one team can win in this situation. And admittedly, your chances of winning go way down when you start literally pushing in the other team to the end zone to help them score. It's just tough to win like that. It just is. I did say that the Chargers humbled me when I bet against them on Monday Night Football with the Raiders. I thought, hey, give me some points. This will be a shootout. It wasn't. They humbled me again. I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared that I'm getting a little too humble. <laughs> covering covering that minus two okay chargers okay you won me over okay coach Staley. i'm in i'm sorry for doubting you guys i would like i didn't trust you guys yet i needed a little bit more reassurance but i'm on this train i like it uh chargers travel to baltimore next week to face the ravens of course the ravens have monday night football against the colts first so the line may change after that result but right now the chargers three and a half point dogs give me that I'd even consider a Chargers money line because I'm riding this high right now. But responsibility-wise, I will say Chargers 
plus three and a half. Bolt up. Let's go. They got a fan in me. I don't know how it happened. Uh, and speaking of fans, really on the flip side of it, losing fans, I have to assume, the USC Trojans. Okay. We talked about this a little bit in the D-list just a couple seconds ago. The Trojans hosted the Utah Utes of the Coliseum, third straight loss at home, and their first time that USC has let Utah win in LA since 1916, and Utah's first win in the Coliseum. Tragic. Tragic, right? Uh, USC was a three-point favorite here. Total was 53 and a half. They obviously didn't cover. The total went way over that. 42-26 Utah. Quick math, that's 68 points. Uh, so my question at this point for Trojan fans is, are you going back to the Coliseum this season to watch a USC football game? To be clear, not like for like a 5K or something. Like, are you going back to watch this football team? I would, I would understand if you said no. I would. And it's not just as somebody who went to UCLA. It's, I have a friend who's a USC alum who was at the game. They posted on their Instagram story and said, I've never been at back-to-back losses in the Coliseum. I've never seen that. And this has just got to be historically bad for the Trojans. Let's just kind of dive into the carnage here. There's obviously stuff that transcends the sport. Uh, so something important to note for this Utah team before kickoff, the teams, the fans, they observed a moment of silence for former Utah defensive back Aaron Lowe, who passed away two weeks ago in a shooting. Uh, Saturday's game was the first time that Utah was on the field since that happened. Actually, a year ago, Utah lost another player to a shooting as well. So just blow after blow, unbelievable. Uh, and they have to go out and, and play this game. And again, transcends sports, transcends betting, certainly. And not something you could even handicap, right? We like to handicap things on the field and off the field. Uh, you don't know if this team's going, where they're going to be at mentally. Are they going to just be completely crushed and not able to put a team together here, which would be completely understandable? Or are they going to go out there and be that much more motivated to play for their for their fallen teammate. Uh, that is exactly what they did. They did not disappoint. They scored first. They didn't stop there. They were up 21 to 10 at the half, thanks to a touchdown in the final 10 seconds of the half. Rough for USC on that one. Uh, they came out to start the third quarter with a bang, another touchdown there. They went on to win, of course, 42 to 26. Just a great showing for Utah. On the flip side, for USC, I want to give you guys, I want to give you a bright spot. I want to give you some silver lining uh, or whatever the color is. Is it, it's like mustard, some mustard lining, I guess would be a better way of saying it. Uh, the Drake London show is the only thing worth watching on the USC team right now. Uh, my favorite play, hurdle of Utah safety on a 20 yard touchdown to put USC up 10 to seven in the second quarter. He had nine catches for 90 yards halfway through the second quarter. Nope, not his finishing stats. Just halfway through the second quarter, he finished with 16 receptions for 162 yards and one touchdown. Drake London tearing it up left and right every week uh, through six games. 64 receptions, over 830 yards, five receiving touchdowns. It doesn't get much better than that. He's a star. He's stellar. Uh, We're going to keep talking about him probably week to week because I don't know what else to say about this USC team at this point. So there's your silver lining. And the good news is you have a bye next week, USC fans, uh, to mentally recover. You know, take a bath, have a glass of wine. Do not think about the next game because next up the Trojans are on the road at number 14 Notre Dame on Saturday, October 23rd. Yeah. 
Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Coming up, we'll talk about UCLA's weekend in Arizona with someone who was actually on the field, Stormy Bonatoni. That's all next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. The Los Angeles CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Get paid faster with Bet Rivers Rush Pay. Daily boosts, special offers, great customer service, plus a $250 first time sign up bonus. Make Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers app or visit betrivers.com for details. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danielle Avari. Let's welcome in our guest for today, Stormy Buonatoni, ESPN sideline reporter and host of My Guys in the Desert on VSIN. You can catch her there and you can catch her on the sidelines of some of your favorite college football games. This past weekend, she was at uh, my school's game, UCLA's game, UCLA and Arizona, final score 34 to 16. UCLA wins, and much to my surprise, actually covers this game, Stormy. 16 and a half point favorites, not a spread I would touch with a 10 foot pole, uh, but still managed to cover it in the end. Game goes under the 61 point total. Arizona, though, brutal. 0 and 5 now. They've extended their school record uh, losing streak to 17 games uh, and both teams went under their total points prop as well. How did the game go for you? Well, uh, the game went well for me, especially because it was competitive for the majority of it, which I know you don't like to hear. <laughs> um, but we talked about it like that 16, 16 and a half point number was so big. It felt like on the surface. And then when it's 14, 13 at halftime, 17, 16, they're in the third quarter. You're like, OK, yeah, we called it. And then Arizona's quarterback, Jordan McLeod, gets injured, and the game just kind of got away from them after that. Um, but it was it was a fun game there for a little while just to see Arizona push the ball. Like, it felt like for a little while maybe this could be the time that they get over the hump. And like you said, this losing streak has been bad. 17 games uh, over two years now. October 5th, 2019 is literally the last time they won. And it's it was against Colorado was their last win. That's who they're playing next week, who has struggled themselves. So maybe that could be the spot where they finally get over it. But it was, uh, I just I think feel they're six-point dogs in that one, by the way. It's so so if anybody wants to bet on them really trying to get that first win. Yeah, like it has to come somewhere, right? And I I know that when you when I cover a team, maybe I get a little bit more attached to them. So I want good things for them. You root for the teams that you cover a little bit more when you're not covering them and stuff. And Arizona is a team that I've had three times now this season. So I know a lot of their kids pretty well at this point. And I want to root for Jed Fish rebuilding the program. And they're still so positive and have all this energy. They just, they just can't win. And you know what? because you did ask how did the game go for me the game went great my travel home not so great hence why you look stunning and incredible oh, right yeah now. and I'm like my hair and makeup from yesterday and 
sweats from travel because my flight was canceled at 6 a.m. And so I had to go from Tucson to Phoenix with a rental car and couldn't get a flight until later on in the day. Um, and so now I'm finally home and I'm blessed to be talking to you. But it was a struggle after the game. The game itself, fine. After that, donezo. Yeah, no, we're just lucky that we got you on the pod at all after all of your travel delays. I felt so bad making you do this. Um, no, and I also, if you're just listening to the pod, I, I don't look stunning. I'm in I'm in sweatpants as well. She, so, like, it's a oh, football. Oh, you're sneaky. Yeah, we're, it's a football football day for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're both in sweats here, if you are just listening to the pod. Uh, but... Um, also, Stormy, nobody rocks a bun like you. Uh, let's let's talk about this UCLA team, though, a little bit, because I know you already talked. We, we're sad. We're sad for Arizona. The one bright spot for Arizona, Chip Kelly did say that they really limited Dorian Thompson-Robinson, as we saw. He went 8 of 19 for 82 yards. Really rough first half for him. Just one touchdown passing, but he did run in two touchdowns. Uh, and we did kind of find that rushing game for UCLA again. Did it feel for you more like UCLA won this game or more like Arizona kind of lost and obviously the loss of their quarterback in the fourth too yeah I think kind of the latter I do think it was one of those games where it kind of just Arizona was in it and they were competitive and then they lost it and for UCLA that's a game that they that should have been a blowout right they were 16 point favorites for a reason so a lot of fans I'm sure like yourself are a little bit disappointed that that's not the way that the game went and for Dorian Thompson Robinson like you mentioned his stat line for the day he was one of eight for just three yards passing in the first half his only pass completion was that passing touchdown um and so it's just it was it was a rough go for him and even on the ground too to start the game um wasn't what we're used to seeing i think he finished the day with like 26 yards rushing but two touchdowns on the ground i mean like hey yeah that's all you really not too shabby those are the numbers that matter but you could tell that he's still just working through whatever his injuries may be, and it's affected the way that he's throwing the ball. And for whatever reason, he's better passing the ball when he's being mobile, when he's on the run versus staying in the pocket. And I'm not sure why that is. I, I don't know what his tweaks or what his injuries are, but I do know that Chip Kelly told us that after the Stanford game, when he got pretty dinged up, he wasn't supposed to practice at all that next week yet monday at practice he's there full go just doing whatever he can to push through really a credit to the kid's toughness but you can tell that he's working through things he's not even close to 100 percent because 100 percent dorian thompson robinson is one of the best quarterbacks in college football and that's obviously not what we saw against the wildcats Hot take. Hot take, Stormy. I like hearing that about my alma mater. One of the best. Um, I know that one thing that UCLA fans have been, uh, you know, upset about with him has been his ability, his ability, <laughs> his ability to turn over the ball. Really just really solid at doing that. And um, he did, he did once in this game as well, and it was kind of critical for them. So I think you're right. I think that he does work a little bit under pressure, better under pressure here. Um, but he was under a ton of pressure in this game and just could not get the yards at least hey, in the, the air. the defensive coordinator on the other side, is his nickname is Dr. Blitz. So, like, give them a little bit of credit. Give them a little credit. Yeah. Um, that was the bright spot. That was the bright spot for Arizona. You mentioned Coach Chip Kelly. I liked after the game, you posted some pictures of you on the sideline. You looked very adorable, very cute in her jumpsuit. Always has a really good game day fit. Um, you got to take a picture with the mascot. And there was a picture of Chip Kelly in there. It looks like he's saying something to you. I wanted to ask you, what, what is he saying in that? 
He was super sweet. He just came up and shook my hand and said, you know, thanks for your coverage of the game today. I hope we get your crew again down the line. And like, it was really nice. We had good conversations throughout, uh, throughout the week. I do feel bad though. Like talking about the bright spots, just the run game in general, your guys' running backs are solid. Like I, I'm so yep. ashamed of myself for not bringing up Zach Charbonnet and Britt Brown because they're what won the game for UCLA. Ultimately, the way that they were, they were both over 117 yards. Like I, I think that Charbonnet had like 146. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing. Uh, I think it was 140 something for Britton Brown, and then Britton. Zach, yeah, and then, and Zach then Charbonnet for Zach. Like yeah, they super impressive. But Chip, um, Chip was. He was good to me this week. Uh, when I asked him about Dorian's uh, injury, though, he was just like, oh, man, he just struggled a little bit. That's okay. He's a tough kid. <laughs> I was, I'm surprised to hear you say he was nice to you because most people hate having to interact with him, at least at least the beat reporters here in L.A. <laughs> I got a little scared um, going into it, I'll be honest, because I, I have seen a lot of his interviews and his media availability, and you don't even get a full question out sometimes before he's just jumping and answering, and I... Um, you know, I got a little bit worried. It's like, oh man, he's not gonna like me. But he was really nice, so it worked out. It was good. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned the running backs because because we did find the run game as you mentioned, 329 rushing yards overall for UCLA, the most rushing yards in a game for them since Nevada in 2013. That's how long it's been since we've seen that many yards. Um, and it's funny, Zach Charbonnet. I actually call him Zach Chardonnay because I think he just gets better with time. I think every week. Just a little bit more yards from him. So hopefully more things to come from there. Um, and you get a little so, buzz watching, right? Yeah. All over it. Yeah, I get a little buzz watching. Exactly. You get it. You get it. So. What? Did you know they call him the Terminator? That's like his they, nickname. They call Zach Charbonnet the Terminator? Why do they call him that? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why but um i was talking to john gaines. yeah i was talking to john gaines their right guard and he was like yeah we just we call him the, i call him the terminator we all call him the terminator he just runs angry and sometimes he's doing stuff on the on the, he's just doing plays out there that he comes back to the sideline and i'm like dude how'd you even do that and then he doesn't even he doesn't even acknowledge it he's just looking forward to the next play so like maybe that's part of it but he's uh, just a robot that's a good nickname to have that's awesome. The Terminator. I like that. I like that. Um, especially when your teammates give you that name, right? Uh, one other thing that I saw on Twitter that I found really amusing during the game was a UCLA fan said something like, UCLA is like a mystery box of chocolates. That's kind of what we, we don't know what we're going to get from them, right? Like week to week. It's like sometimes a good one, sometimes a bad one. Um, what, so what, with that in mind, I, I, I was going to tell you what I thought, which chocolate I thought this game was. Okay. I thought this was kind of like a raspberry truffle game. Okay, like hear me out. Hear me out. It's not good. It's not good, right? It's not good. But you still feel gypped if it wasn't included in the box, right? Mm. And so it was kind of gross, but we needed to get that win. Weren't happy with it. LSU, for example, more like a chocolate caramel, let's say, right? Like... I'm excited to see what else is in the box for the rest of the season. Now we're we're going into the next week, and I'm wondering if we've eaten all the good chocolates. That's kind of where I'm at. So um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on where UCLA is at, on the win, and in, uh, just on chocolate in general? So I would say it was... Yeah, it, you never know what you're gonna get. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna say they're two chocolates, right? Because they're kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. They're good and bad. So the good, I would say, is like the double dark chocolate. The oh, okay. it's like dark chocolate on the outside. It's got the dark chocolate mousse type of a thing on the inside. It's like, oh wow, okay. look at that That's potential. Elite. 
look at what you could be, right? Like you got all the tools, you got the makeup, you got the the chemistry of ingredients. The layers. Versus like the the cherry one, you know, all liquid goo. And you're like, what happened to the math game? I'm going to just throw this in the trash. This does not need to be in the box. Yep, Jekyll and Hyde. That's my. That's where I'm going. That's a. That's the ASU game for me last week. Whatever that cherry thing was, I don't want to see it again. I don't know why it was in my box. I'm hoping that we have some good flavors left for the yeah. rest of the season. That's uh, that's where I'm at, uh, because it does feel that way, and it feels that way in the Pac-12 in general. And I know you kind of mentioned that uh, to me earlier. What other games you're going to be working this season? Another Pac-12 game coming up for you, which is just insane because there's a lot of Pac-12 on Pac-12 crime, right? There's teams beating teams that have no business beating teams. What game are you working next? It kills me. So I'm doing ASU at Utah next week. Both teams coming off of wins. Um, But it's just like the Pac-12 blows my mind because, I mean, Pac-12 is going to Pac-12. And every time they have somebody that looks like they could be that potential team that gets the conference into the playoff or makes a name for themselves down the stretch, gets upset, like you said, on Pac-12 on Pac-12 crime. Um... And it's just, it's disappointing. Like Oregon should not have lost to Stanford last week. Like they, they, and I was at that game too. They, so many things had to go right for Stanford to win that game. They had a 0.1% chance of winning with a minute and 51 seconds left in the game. And they go on to win because of a targeting call, a roughing the passer call, a pass interference call in the end zone that gives you the untimed down to tie the game. Um, And then you win in overtime because anything can happen in overtime. It's college football. And Oregon's got to just be kicking themselves. And I know they had a lot of injuries and stuff, but they they were supposed to be the team this year that could be that team. Now I think any hope of, Now I think that the best team in the Pac-12, on paper at least right now, is ASU. So I'm excited to see what they'll bring to the table next week. Um, Utah obviously coming off the win over over USC is a big deal for them. And all the tragedy that they've dealt with in their program right now, it's it's so impressive to me that they were able to do that given the duress and the circumstances that they're in. Um, But yeah, for me right now, where things sit, if I was doing like a Pac-12 power rankings, ASU would be number one. If you if you told me that two weeks ago, I would be shocked. I would, and this is this is the nature of the Pac-12. So that's that's kind of where it's we're broke. at. Uh, it's UCLA kills it me. <laughs> it's, uh, UCLA has Washington next. Uh, I saw in the market they're one and a half point dogs. What? So this Washington team, I'm very surprised. I don't know if you've seen this line yet or what your thoughts are. They were one point. I'm favorites, but like either way, even if it was like a pick'em type of a game, I don't get right. it. I don't get how Washington's getting so much respect. I don't get it either. Obviously, I'm going to have to break this down later on in the week a little bit more in depth. But my first thoughts looking at this line is give me UCLA. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not calling the game. I can say that. Absolutely. Like that's I'm not calling the game. <laughs> also, because every game that I've watched Washington play, they've been kind of disappointing. You know what I mean? Like UCLA has only been half disappointing. So I'm going to go with the uh, lesser. You know what, Stormy? We'll take that. We'll take that. Half disappointing. That's right. You heard it here first from Stormy Bonatoni. Thank you so much. This is the expert insight you asked for, isn't it? (laughs) 
<laughs> Only half bad. All right. Uh, you can catch her again on the college sidelines for ESPN and, of course, on My Guides in the Desert on VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Uh, coming up next, the Dodgers and the Giants series and the WNBA finals started on Sunday. We'll talk about all of that right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danielle Alvare. Let's talk about this Dodgers-Giants series. Game three going on on Monday, 6.37 p.m. Pacific. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Dodgers minus 210 on the money line. Giants plus 175 on Bet Rivers. Run line, Dodgers minus one. So again, you can go get that run line with minus one and a half, the half being the hook there, so that your bet doesn't push, possibly. But Dodgers minus one, minus 143, Giants plus one. You get plus 112 on that. I'll talk about some other bets that you can play around with that a little bit later on here. Total runs, seven. Uh, seven is the number over or under. And then series winner, Dodgers minus 180 to win it all. Giants, or win the series rather, not all. And Giants plus 145. So before game one, the Dodgers were minus 159 to win the series. And the Giants are plus 130. We're seeing a little bit of a shift, which is interesting because the series is tied at 1-1. One and one. So game one on Friday, uh, which was not the one I was talking about at all when I gave out the one for the money bet. Uh, just as a reminder, I was clearly talking about game two. <laughs> game one on Friday, the Dodgers were shut out. It's really hard to be sarcastic by yourself. It is. It's hard. I'm talking to myself here, guys. <laughs> if you're out there, tweet at me, guys. Make me feel like this is... Uh, this is not just me alone in here. Game one on Friday, Dodgers were shut out 4-0. to zero. Game two on Saturday, Dodgers won 9-2. And maybe this is why Tom Cruise was at the game. He wouldn't say who he's rooting for. He just said he's a fan of baseball and Scientology. Just kidding. He didn't say that last part. But he did say he's just a fan of baseball. Anyhow, uh, Dodgers went on to win 9-2. to Went over that total, I believe, was also 7 now we have game three on Monday, Max Scherzer. I try to say that without having a lisp. It's very hard. Say that five times fast. Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Apologize for that one if it starts to get a little bit slurred. He's on the mound for the Dodgers. Home field advantage for him here. The Dodgers have won all 12 games he started, including the NL wildcard game that we saw last Wednesday versus the Cardinals. But he only pitched four and a third innings in that game before exiting. He surrendered one earned run while allowing three hits. Other side, the Giants, Alex Wood getting the start. Who's more familiar with the Dodgers than Alex Wood, right? He spent five of his last six seasons in Los Angeles. He missed some time recently in early September. He was sick with COVID-19. Since he's been back in the rotation, he's allowed just two runs in 13 innings. He missed the final series between the Giants and the Dodgers, but he did face his old teammates, many of which I'm sure he's close friends with, three times this year. He gave up nine earned in 17 innings against the Dodgers, but he also struck out 22 batters. More importantly, recency, right? The lefty's last appearance was on Thursday, September 30th. He threw six scoreless innings against the Diamondbacks. It was the Diamondbacks. Okay, I understand. I see it. Uh, and only allowing three hits. This pitching matchup, I love a no run in the first inning. 
I do. So for those who are new, you might see this abbreviated as NRFI, no run first inning. Uh, if you want to play a yes run first inning, it would just be YRFI. So no run first inning play means that no runs will be scored in the first inning. Novel. Groundbreaking. Uh, you can bet this, uh, for example, on Bet Rivers. You'll see it under the first inning bets when you click on more bets for this game. And then it would be under 0.5 runs scored. So under a half run. So zero runs scored in the first inning. Uh, minus 127 on Bet Rivers right now. Uh, I like that for this pitching matchup. I really do. Dodgers minus one and a half, too, which is more standard run line you'll see. You get that at plus 108 if you think the Dodgers win by more than one run, so two runs or more, that would cash at plus 108. It's a little bit more palatable than the Dodgers' money line, which I think, for me at least, not in my bankroll, not today. Uh, I don't have that kind of LA money, <laughs> but uh, minus one and a half for the Dodgers, plus 108, if you want to get something a little bit better. Uh, but these have been kind of tight sometimes in the games. I don't know. Maybe look at that. Uh, Giants minus one. This is an alternate line you can create on Bet Rivers. There's a slider that you can slide one way or the other to kind of set what your alternate line is, and it'll give you what the odds are. And the Giants minus one is plus 235. And so tempting. So tempting. I think I'm going to stick with my no run in the first inning play because then I only have to watch the first inning. Just kidding. That's not why. It's also just a thrill. I'm a millennial. I have a short attention span. I love a first inning play. But... If you want to play Giants minus one at plus 235, I think that's good value. I do. They could easily win this game. Uh, keep in mind, though, uh, as I said, Max Scherzer has won all 12 games he started. And they were favorites in all of those games. And they are favorites here. So, bet at your own risk. Dodgers win in under seven runs. A little parlay action here. So, Dodgers to win and the under seven runs to hit is plus 220. I like that too. I like both these bullpens. I like this pitching matchup. An under seems doable. A Dodgers win seems likely. Plus 220 there. Not terrible. Not terrible. That's all we're really looking for here, right? Okay, I hope so. Let's move on to the WNBA Finals. Mercury. It's the Phoenix Mercury versus the Chicago Sky. This kicked off on Sunday. The Sky won game one, 91 to 77. No surprise there. I think most people were expecting the Mercury to be a little tired. After the week that they had last week, facing off against the Aces and coming out victorious in Game 5. Crazy. So, by the way, I liked the Aces in that Game 5 of the semifinals last Friday. I thought they had the deeper bench. And the Mercury had the star power. That's for certain. No, no shade on, on the Aces. Definitely have their own star power as well. But look who prevailed. The Mercury. They showed up, showed out. Diana Taurasi, huge block, followed by a three to seal the game. Epic game from Brittany Griner. I mean, all around. Skylar Diggins-Smith, Shea Petty. Shea Petty this season, this play, this postseason rather. Unbelievable. Here's a fun note that I'm actually probably going to print out and uh, plaster my wall with so that I never make this mistake again. Diana Taurasi is now 16-2 in winner-take-all games. And I told y'all to bet against her. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. And we have to heal now. We have to move on. Uh, speaking of Diana Taurasi, she was voted by fans as the league's GOAT. So if you are dead or living under a rock, GOAT meaning greatest of all time. The WNBA announced this vote 
before game one on Sunday, which was precarious timing to say the least. Uh, now, the reaction, I think, from what I've seen on WNBA Twitter was not particularly favorable, and it had nothing to do with Tarasi necessarily. It just had to do with the idea of why are we voting on a goat like this and, like, naming one and having it be voted on by the fans exclusively. It's just, it was interesting that they went with that term, right? Uh, no no shade on Tarasi, though, obviously. League's career leader in points. Field goals made, three-point field goals made in both the regular season and the playoffs. 14 all-WNBA team selections. That's the most in league history. Yeah, it's Diana Taurasi. No one's, no one's hitting that at all, but it's just... It's tough. Also, congrats to Diana Taurasi, because right after Game 5, she left uh, back home to watch the birth of her second child, a daughter that they believe named Isla. Um, that's goat stuff. That's goat stuff. <laughs> that's mom stuff. Uh, to have the game winner here, stealing the game with the block, the three, running out of the arena to get back home. Daughter was born at 424 in the morning. Congrats to Diana Taurasi. Unbelievable. Uh, also, when you see that they lost to the sky in that first game, I'm like, well, geez, she just had a she just had a baby. Well, she didn't, but like Penny, her wife did, but you get it. Uh, game two on Wednesday in Phoenix. Uh, the Mercury offense, let's talk about this. They were number two during the regular season, and now over the last seven games, they lead the WNBA with a 109.5 rating. The Aces led the regular season, by the way, with 107.1 for point of reference. I can't say enough about Brittany Griner on the Mercury, so I won't try to. Uh, but I was messaging with a friend after the Game 5 on Friday, and the first thing we both said, I said it out loud, actually, to, to who I was watching the game with. Uh, I said, who's going to guard Brittany Griner? Who, I, and then that's the first thing that the person I was texting with said as well. Uh, so, yeah. What a matchup nightmare for the sky is what I think here. Who's going to guard Brittany Griner? And best wishes to whomst ever does. May the odds be ever in your favor. Uh, Mercury's in retrograde. I don't know if you guys know this. Little detour here. At least through October 18th. I'm not talking about the team here. I'm talking about literally Mercury, the planet, is in retrograde. For those who don't know, or probably more appropriately don't care, Mercury retrograde is actually, it's an optical illusion. So Mercury's orbit around the sun is shorter than the Earth's which means that when the Earth passes Mercury in orbit, we're going a little bit faster. It seems like for a moment that Mercury is moving backwards. Why does this matter? Well, according to astrology, which we all know to be very reputable, uh, Mercury is the planet that represents communication. Okay, I hope we're all learning something valuable here. When it goes in retrograde, the theory is that our communications get all thrown out of whack. So if anything gets messed up for you in the communications front through October 18th, you know what you can blame it on. So my question is, does that affect the Sky team that is at its best, is most effective, is the best in the league at communicating, moving the ball around? Or does it affect the team that boasts the kind of star power beyond your wildest dreams and is literally called the Mercury? Perplexing. These are questions about the universe and beyond that we have to consider. I just wanted to mention that so you guys know that we're not just battling the sports book this week. We're not just battling another team. We're battling Mercury Retrograde. So battle the book, battle the retrograde, and we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, that's it for me today. I'll be back on Wednesday, of course, with a new show. Thanks so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And please subscribe to the pod 
or better yet even, or in addition, leave a rating. That would be superb. Uh, I think last time I checked Apple Podcasts, there was three. They're probably all relatives of mine. So if you want (laughs) to bust up the nepotism a little bit, then go ahead and uh, go in and leave a little bit more of an impartial rating. Uh, Hopefully it's still a five-star one, but you know, a little bit more impartial. Thanks in advance. And feel free to tweet at me as always, at Danielle Avari. Love talking to you guys on Twitter. I'll be back for more fun and games on Wednesday. So come on back on Wednesday for the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.